0: ever find yourself returning to a place, a life, you thought you'd left behind? Try to do things the way you're used to them being done, but doesn't quite feel right anymore. You've changed, maybe even grown. Silway's been through some things in the last couple years that change a person. She's going to find out just how much she has. This is a Multiclass Theater. Trevor Quest.
1: The wind has been good on this voyage from Quarter's End. You've rarely found yourselves in irons, or even had to do much course-correcting. You're not sure if it's just luck, or maybe that those wily scholars back on the Shrouded Isle actually knew what they were doing when they put together this weirdly over-engineered ship. But you've spent most of the time running straight and true, the wind at your back, the coastline in sight, as you've journeyed south to Nightfall. The journey's been quick. It's only, been, it's only taken you a day to make the journey. And it's about midday when you finally see the city rising on the cliffs of the shoreline ahead. From the distance, it looks much the same as it did last time you were here. The old town, high on the bluff, the road leading down to the warehouses, and the docks on the shore below. It's only when you've drifted closer that you can see how much has changed in the years since you've been gone. Gone is Griffin's perch. The entire structure is just missing. You can see what looks like the remnants of the grand staircase still rising above the bluff, but it looks like it looks like there's water falling from the top of it. You're guessing maybe it's now a memorial. You can see that the wrought iron fence is still there, running the exterior of what used to be the ancient estate. But except for the staircase, nothing remains. The manor houses that once stood to either side of the state are gone. In fact, most of the ancient stone houses which lined the street before Griffin's Perch are also gone. They've been replaced by tall, narrow townhouses, the kind that you saw and visited way back in Roth so long ago. There are two single-story buildings, which catch your eye, dotted between the townhouses. They look to be the only survivors of whatever cataclysm befell this city. Down on the docks, life seems to move as usual, people bustling, ships moving in and out. Silway, where would you like to take the ship?
2: How's the old Siliath warehouse looking?
1: Definitely gonna have to sail closer to find out. It's tough to tell from this distance. You're going to have to go into the bay beyond the seawall.
2: Um, then let's go into the bay beyond the seawall. See see what looks... how things look in there.
1: Alright, you bark out your orders to Wedge and Biggs. That way they pull the ship into the harbor. They drop down most of the rigging and the sails. So you're just running on the mainsail. And you maneuver past the break wall, towards the old Asilioth warehouse. When you're struck... ...by the fact that it is no longer run down. It is not broken. It is not in disrepair. In fact, it looks restored. New. The dock in front of it is empty, but... ...you see on the exterior of the warehouse... ...workers moving to and fro. Pushing crates. Loading wagons. There's a lot of activity. As you creep closer to the dock... Getting prepared, or preparing yourselves to land, you notice that above the door of the warehouse, painted in gold, is a symbol.
2: And the symbol is?
1: It looks like two triangles facing one another, their peaks touching. They're elongated, with a line bisecting the middle. It looks almost like an hourglass turned on its side, but stretched thin.
2: Yes. Am I familiar with... Is this one of the noble houses that I recognize?
1: It is not one of the noble houses. If one of the rest of you want to make a history check, feel free. Yeah, okay, I'll do, I'll, that's...
2: Yeah. I'll, I'll check history. Uh, I'll I don't... It. Silway doesn't know shit. That was a... Thirteen?
3: I rolled a crit one. Eight Okay. Total.
2: None,
1: none of you have seen the symbol before.
3: I'm looking the other way.
1: <laughs> All right. We're
2: docking there. Silway's gonna, you know check in on some things real quick before she goes and deals with because trevor's on the ship right if i remember right we actually have like his unconscious trevor Trevor. is on the ship
1: yes you physically have his body he is physically on the ship
2: as we as we dock does anyone approach any
1: workers uh give me a um roll to see how well you dock the ship how
2: well i dock the ship what skill is this
1: have we been saying survival? What if we? I can't remember. We've been doing something, but it's been so long. I don't remember, but I do believe that you have
3: rolled a crit twenty every time I, you have attempted. You did. This I roll. did. Let's see if no, we can keep no up. No pressure.
2: That was in Tearfall, where Silway was familiar with the docks. This is Nightfall, where she just lived on them.
3: I can't help but imagine that Biggs. <laughs> What, what is it? Wedge and bigs? Biggs. And, yeah. Biggs and Wedge. Biggs yeah. and Wedge. I can't help but like one of them's at, at the wheel and the other one's like stay on target. I can't hold it. <laughs> stay on target.
0: I am still really distracted by the fact that not only did Rotan burn the city down, but it seems he's also responsible for its gentrification. The whole city, <laughs> or at least this section of
2: it. <laughs> that fire spread. <laughs> All
1: right. I rolled an eleven plus whatever skill you give me. Okay. So this uh this docking is not as smooth. Uh, you're not as familiar with the, um, the harbor, and maybe it's just you're distracted by what you're seeing in front of you. Um, but the ship hits the pylons of the dock pretty hard, and the dock shakes. Uh, you don't do any damage to your boat, but it's jarring for everybody on board. What was that? I thought we were better at docking the ship by now. It also catches the attention of the workers on the dock one of whom a very large man with a very bushy beard and bald head staggers towards you he's one of those guys who's like can't really put his arms down because they're permanently sort of out at his sides and he stumbles towards you and points at you and he says
2: Oi! What are you doing? Just docking on a ship calm yourself You can't poke that here! Says who? It's me. You have no permission.
1: Who are you? <laughs> I'm Melvin. Well, I'm Silway, and I say I can dock here. Uh, and you see the uh, Melvin gestures to one of the other dark dock workers, who scrambles around to the other side of the dock. And, Adam, what's the thing that you wanted on the front of the ship? Oh. Like the, the, the siege weapons? The
3: Oh, uh, wasn't it a, an onager and a...
1: It's a mangonel, I think. A mangonel. I think it was the mangonel.
3: Okay. I, I don't remember that we established which was which. Um... Right, but he,
1: he scrambles around to the other side of the dock, okay. and there is a mangonel, and he climbs on top of it, and he points it at your ship. He says, Oi, shove off
2: you! Who are, who, what is going on here? This, this is my warehouse. What are you doing here?
1: Oh, Your warehouse? No way.
2: Whose warehouse is it, then? It's our warehouse. Who are you, besides Melvin? Bugger off. Who is your employer, Melvin?
1: You don't need to know that. I think I do. I'm going to give you five seconds to shove off or I'm going to open fire.
2: It takes longer than five seconds to undock our ship.
1: <laughs> One, two,
3: <Are> you-
2: <laughs> three. You don't want to do that. Trust me.
3: I mean, I don't see how it's going to use the dock again if he sinks the ship right here. <laughs> <laughs> This plan seems fault poorly, <laughs> poorly thought through. I think I he's suspect just a bluff. threatening us.
2: <laughs> Fool, he's bluffing. Everyone duck, just in case he's not bluffing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Noni loosens her shield.
1: Is <laughs> Noni going to do anything? Or is...
0: she she whispers to she or she mutters to Silvy,
1: "I'm not looking
0: forward to murdering dock workers today."
2: We're not going to murder anybody except well. <laughs> Unless they try to murder us, they're not gonna—they're not gonna sink a ship in our harbor in their harbor.
1: So the Melvin goes five, and raises his hand as if to fire, but before he can bring it down, <laughs> you see the door to the warehouse creak open, and there's a voice from within says, "Send them
2: in." Ha! See, I told you I belonged here. Who is that? send them
0: in this concerns me more than the
2: Manganel did it's not a voice i recognize is it it is not you heard your boss i assume that's your boss we need to go inside and silway starts heading for the gangplank
1: okay you're all gonna follow silway yep yeah Zeb will follow
2: i think she maintains eye contact with melvin the entire time she's walking down the plank and down the deck
1: So you stay... Melvin is just glaring at you, but he's not doing anything. He's just sort of standing to the side, glaring at you as you pass. Zeb, as the three of you approach and get closer to the... I mean, all of you see this. It is just... It is dark inside. It is really dark. Zeb, you're used to being able to see into darkness. You cannot see into this darkness.
2: As Silway walks by Melvin She says, by the way, I'm leaving two of my Best party members on that ship To guard it And so you might want to stay away from it Cool, right out Cut cut the Dookie (laughs) Scrubbing
3: furiously (laughs) At her tunic Trying to get get a stain out
0: (laughs) And Noni In her, you know, shining Silver armor Shield at her Sword at her side places her hand on the hilt and uh, leans into the guy and says, and if anything happens to them, you will answer to me.
1: He leans forward, looking down at you because he's quite a bit taller. Fair. And he puts, so he's not quite touching, but you're almost nose to nose. His breath is terrible. Like he was eating a garlic and mackerel sandwich.
0: Oh god Also you need a mint.
3: <laughs> like, even even the thought kind of marinates, doesn't it?
1: Like, the Ooh. more you think
3: about it, the worse it is. And
1: and he grins. And you see he's missing several teeth. And he says I'd worry about yourself, Missy. He's not worth it, Noni, just come on. She
0: backs away but maintains that eye maintains eye contact. Or not backs away, but sort of like, like I'm gonna turn to follow like I'm to turn to follow silway but she keeps her eyes
3: continues to keep her eyes locked uh, Captain, this is not a normal darkness we are looking at here
2: not a normal darkness what are you talking about
3: no well, uh, like like an absence of light kind of darkness
2: how does that different from regular darkness
3: well we can't see through it that, that, well that, that is uh, <laughs> absence of light would be a regular darkness
2: I don't it just looks dark to me I don't know what you're talking about
3: Yeah, but I can't see into it. Normally I'm good at at seeing into darkness. That's
2: right. I forget. Everyone except humans can see in darkness.
3: Well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She coughs coughs awkwardly and tries to peer 300 feet into this darkness,
3: but
2: fails. (laughs) All right. It's extra dark. Good to know. Actually, I forget. Sully has the auto-detect magic. Is there any magic (laughs) emanating from the darkness? Yes. What kind of magic is it? Is it just like a magic aura or something?
1: Uh, magical- yeah, the sense you're getting is evocation.
2: Huh. Okay, okay, I see what you mean now. This is some sort of magical darkness. Interesting. What is happening to my warehouse?
1: Go oh, on your
2: warehouse, missy. Go on in. It was before, it will be again. And she heads inside before he can respond.
1: Okay, uh, Zeb and Noni, you watch Silway step forward into the darkness and completely disappear as if there is a black line on the ground separating the inside from the outside, the light from the dark.
3: Noni shrugs and follows into the darkness. I think um, Zeb's going to keep his hand on uh, on the handle of of one of his uh, hand crossbows, but not, not draw it.
1: You walk into the darkness and you stand there, Silway in absolute blackness. Looking up, looking to the left, looking to the right, looking for something to just, I guess, hold on to in this black void in which you find yourselves. When suddenly you are pierced in the side by a blade. And then a second one pierces your back. You take 14 points of damage. Ow.
0: Do you say anything? Ow!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: And of course she's whipping out her daggers just out of instinct and slashing at whatever is nearby. Oh,
1: this this whole game. Okay, I would <laughs> like everybody to roll for initiative.
0: Groovy.
3: Uh b- back to this.
1: <laughs> 22, 18, 16. All right, so well y'all go first, so. All right, so
2: I think she would instinctually draw a dagger and slash in the darkness, but I don't want to spend my action doing an attack. So I'll just call that flavor. What she will actually do, assuming she doesn't immediately slash into somebody, is cast invisibility on herself. Okay. It's almost instinctual. She just like, ah, oh, invisible or unseen assassins. And then, you know, blink or poof, um, invisible. And then I will, just in case there's anyone nearby, the rogue disengage bonus action and then move 30 feet away from wherever... the opposite direction of wherever I got stabbed from.
1: Okay, so you want to move... Uh, you got stabbed in the back, so you're going to move forward?
2: Yeah. Let's say she was about 10, 10 feet forward, um, and then kind of turns around and looks to make sure everything is still in darkness.
1: Give me a dexterity check.
2: Dexterity check is 12. Oh, no, sorry. not. I'm sorry. Rolled 12, so 16 for the check.
1: Okay, so you... You instinctually turn invisible and you spring forward, and your foot actually catches something lying on the ground. It hits it. You think it's a box, and you begin to trip, but your natural agility takes over, and you actually do a forward flip over the box and land on the other side. Nice.
2: Too bad no one could see it.
1: <laughs> that brings us to Noni.
0: Cast a spell magic.
1: It's third level or lower, it ends. Uh, it ends.
0: All right, what's the lighting situation now?
1: The lighting situation now is uh, a normal day. Um, daylight is streaming in through the windows of at the top of the warehouse, uh, filling the warehouse with a sort of diffuse natural light. Um, it actually is forming. There's so much kind of dust in the air that it's forming sunbeams as it casts shadows of the windows on the floor. The warehouse is full of crates and it looks very well-kept, orderly. Uh, There's a small office to the side of where you now stand. It looks like it has been recently repaired. There's new glass in the frames, uh, in the glass windows that, that make up the exterior of the office. The door is currently closed. And standing in front of you, Noni, is a tall, gaunt figure. Skin is sort of a stretched, leathery hide. Its hands are unusually long. It's wielding two scimitar-like blades. Its head is also covered with this brown, leathery skin. It doesn't seem to have eyes or a nose but has a broad, wicked grin of razor-sharp fangs. And it seems to be staring at you, turning its head from side to side, unsure what to make of you. Are you the new owner? <laughs> <laughs> blood dripping. Yeah, blood is dripping from the blades that impaled I'd so like much. to talk to
2: your manager. I don't want to talk to them.
3: The service here is terrible.
1: (laughs) So is that your only action, Noni? So she will simply uh,
0: draw her sword and uh, sort of
3: ready her shield to meet this thing. Okay, Seb. So uh, it, it still, whatever this thing is, still looks pretty antagonistic.
1: Oh yeah, it looks terrifying and angry and it looks out for blood. Can I try and identify this? Uh, sure. Give me a... Arcana check.
3: Uh Thirteen.
1: Uh, you have never seen the likes of this creature before. Kill it. Kill it.
3: Is it engaged?
1: Uh, at the moment, no. It's not, because Silway jumped away.
3: Okay, cool. Uh, well, quick as lightning, Zeb's gonna, gonna... Pull out his, his hand crossbow and fire, and, uh, while simultaneously reaching for his other hand crossbow, which he has uh, rebuilt since he destroyed the last one in a fit of rage. Uh, 25. That will hit. That would be 8 damage plus 3 acid.
1: Does your crossbow count as a magical crossbow?
3: Uh, I believe it does, yes.
1: Okay, you hit it with the crossbow bolt. And it pierces the creature's skin. And the creature reaches down, grabs the bolt, snaps it in half, and throws it to the ground. The acid drips down its side. It doesn't look like it has any effect whatsoever.
3: Well, that's disconcerting. Let's try something else. It leans
1: its head's back. It opens its mouth in a wide, terrifying shriek and screams. It lowers its head, it looks at you, Zeb, and suddenly, everything goes black. For me? For everybody. For everybody. As darkness falls once again. Okay. What's your armor class, Zeb?
3: Uh, it is a juicy 16. Just
1: to
2: remind myself, (coughs) Sylvie's the only one who's level 10, right? Y'all are like something half, like
1: five? Six. Like five. Six. Okay, so I should
2: probably get up and tank this thing.
1: So, Zeb, you're (laughs) standing there. Watching this creature, darkness falls, and you feel a rush of air come towards you, and then you feel twin blades cut into you for 15 points of damage. Ooh, okay. And that brings us back to Silway.
2: So during that brief period where there was light in the room, Silway would have been looking around to get the lay of the land. It's, is there any sign of, like, other people in this room, or that voice they heard beckoning them inside? and it's just like boxes strewn everywhere?
1: Uh, there are just boxes strewn everywhere. Uh, give me a perception check. 24, no, 22. Ooh, so close. Oh, come on. No, it it sat at 18 and then fell over for natural one. So (laughs) wait, while you were looking around, you saw on the upper level, on the catwalk, trying to hide between two stacks of crates another creature, which looked like the one you're fighting. Okay. It
2: looked like he was hiding, but in, like hiding in a menacing way or hiding in a scared way?
1: Uh, menacing. Very menacing.
2: All right. Is it... Would you say it's 30 feet away or so? Up there on the catwalk?
1: Uh, it's more than that. I think she
2: would try to get up there. So I'm imagining like trying to remember where the boxes are, maneuvering around them, getting closer, and then casting Misty step to teleport up to the catwalk, and then backstab this thing.
1: All right, what kind of check would this be? I mean, that's a completely badass thing to do, but... (laughs) It's
2: going to be difficult to stumble around in the dark. Um, She's got pretty good spatial sense, I could argue, but...
1: Well, I'm going to go rule of cool. Give me a dexterity check to see if you can navigate and do your best daredevil.
2: Okay. No, I cannot. Uh, I rolled a two plus four for dexterity.
1: Okay, you hop up onto the first set of crates, preparing to leap onto another set of crates before Misty stepping forward, and you misjudge where that second set of crates were, and you end up falling to the ground (laughs) next to them.
2: All right, how close am I to the one that's down here then?
1: You have no idea. It is pitch black and you cannot see you would have had to move in the opposite direction and you're not exactly sure uh, if you want to throw a dagger blindly you can do that
2: <laughs> that would be a very silly thing to do but, okay so I'm picturing what happens here is she tries to get around the boxes stumbles goes Got that. and says well that was that's not going to work and then so she instead heads towards where she last saw the one down here and can still hear I assume slashing and uh, cries of pain from her companions and then tries to backstab the one that's on the first floor here. So you tell me if I can do all that in one turn.
1: You have the movement to do it. Give me another dexterity check to see if you can avoid the obstacles on the ground, and then you're going to do an attack roll at disadvantage because you're blind. So
2: dexterity of this time is 10.
1: All right, then give me a, um attack at disadvantage.
2: She is invisible, so technically that gives advantage, so those would cancel out, I'm going to argue.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say no, that doesn't cancel... Uh, The lowest roll was 13,
2: plus 10 is 23.
1: That will still hit.
2: 8 plus 10, 18 damage.
1: Okay, Noni, it is your attack. The thing howls in rage as you plunge your dagger into it.
0: Can I try to key in on that sound?
1: Sure. I mean, you're going to get get disadvantage, but... Sure. It's the way blind fighting goes, but... Uh, Well,
0: here's here's why I want to know if I can key in on where that thing is, because I'm going to cast Spirit Guardians... Okay. And designate, of course, my two companions as do not hurt. Interesting. So that creates basically a fifteen foot, a fifteen foot. I know, right? Interesting strategy. Uh, uh, don't hurt companions. Uh, but that creates a fifteen foot, <laughs> somewhat unorthodox, uh, a, 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 a basically an aura around me um, with a radius of fifteen feet, where anything that gets in there has to make a saving throw. So this isn't. A, there's no attack rolls going on here.
1: No, you are you're well. You're pretty close together, you and um, Zeb. So it's within fifteen feet. Well, then in
0: that case, I guess it's going to have to make a Wisdom saving throw, because it is now entering the area for the first time on a turn. It's my turn, but it's a turn.
2: Technically, it's its turn. It would take the damage.
0: Actually, the 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 writing here says on the for the first time on a turn. First time on a turn. En- enters or the f- when the creature enters the area for the first time on a turn technically it didn't enter the area. it was already in the area. the area entered it.
2: okay,
1: fine. <laughs> rules lawyer
2: <laughs> fascinating podcast material <laughs>
1: it, it rules r- rules rules lawyering cuts both ways. yes, no, that's fair. I mean it
0: does. that's that's the fun part of lawyering. all right. so regardless uh, these silver uh, angelic figures immediately swarm
3: around uh swarm around big nasty there.
1: Okay, that brings us to Zeb.
3: Okay, so Zeb Zeb was just stabbed by this thing in the darkness, right? Yes. Can I uh use as a reaction uh can can I um can I can I spit in its face? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Cool. Some salty flavor there. Makes me feel good. Um uh so Zeb's going to fire both of his crossbows point blank. Okay, disadvantage. 16 on the first one, and actually 16 on the second one as well.
1: Okay, they both hit.
3: That's 11 damage, and okay. uh, one point of uh, of lightning damage. Little, little tiny spark.
1: Okay, there, you hit it with uh, 11 points of piercing damage, and then that little spark... The creature grunts when it sparks.
3: And I want to then try to fly backwards uh, out through the door, away from this thing.
1: All right. It will get an attack of opportunity if you... Uh, That's okay. Okay. You leap into the air, pump your wings, and begin to, like, fly backwards. And as you do so, the creature slashes at you with its scimitar, catching you across the shin for six points of damage. The creature, well, actually I'm not going to tell you what it does because you can't see.
0: But it does start its turn surrounded by it does. my spirit, so it needs to make a wisdom saving throw, please.
1: What do I have to beat? Uh, my DC is 16. Alas, you all didn't hear that on D&D Beyond, but uh, I just had a rather traumatic uh, crit. Natural 20? Natural 20.
0: (laughs) Okay. So it takes nine radiant damage.
1: Okay. And it, 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 it shrieks in pain as it takes this damage. Okay. And it is its turn. Silway, you feel the air move in front of you as something passes just over the top of your head. And then instinctively, you move a little bit and another blade passes just to the left of you. And you roll your body again, and you feel something almost chomp at the air where you just were as this thing seems to have missed you three times, and it is your attack
2: that's roguish dexterity for you <laughs> it, I can't climb over boxes, but I can dodge
1: <laughs> blades and, and jaws <laughs> a lot of good
3: it's doing me
2: yeah I think I think the best bet is just take take this thing so uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit it with the dagger of night. 21 to hit. And that's with disadvantage. Oh, shit, there's disadvantage. Uh, uh, 20 to hit. Well, that'll hit. And I have sneak because someone else is within five feet of it. Yes. So see, six plus three is nine, plus ten is 19 damage to this thing.
1: Okay, you kill it. Oh, all right, sweet. Tell me what that looks like.
2: So during that whole acrobatic dodge, 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 parry, parry, thrust, thrust, she whips her dagger through the air, not even sure what the hell she's attacking or where it is but it just so happens to clip the thing right across the throat assuming it has a throat and assuming it bleeds and or breathes this is probably very devastating
1: so you hit the creature and you hear some gurgling and then you hear a thump as something falls to the ground Zeb, how far back did you fly?
3: a uh, full 30 feet
1: You push yourself backwards out of the door. So you just stare into the warehouse, into the absolute pitch blackness within. You look to your left and to your right, and the docks are empty. The workers are gone. Inside, Silway, you and Nomi stand, weapons out, turning in the darkness, waiting for that next attack to come. And it never does. A few more moments pass and then the darkness vanishes. Zeb, give me a perception check. Uh, 28. As you're scanning the docks, you look over to your right, and you see slinking out of the warehouse is the other one of those tall, slender, horrible creatures.
3: It's slinking out, like, through a side door, or uh... Through
1: a, a window on the second level. And then it, you see it scamper over the railing and begins to sort of shimmy down the well, side of the building.
3: Well, I, I want to I shoot it.
1: Okay. It's, um, I don't know what your range is. Uh, I would say it's about 60, maybe 70 feet away from where you are. And meanwhile, uh, Silway and Noni, you are standing in the warehouse with this dead creature at your feet.
2: There is one more. Be careful. It was on the catwalk. What is it?
0: Um, I'm gonna look up to try and I don't know that it's outside. I didn't know it existed yeah. until this moment.
2: I didn't see it go outside either. It's still here somewhere.
1: You're looking around and you don't see anything in the interior of the warehouse.
3: Um, so the range is thirty slash one hundred and twenty. So, um, I will fly within range and then okay. But I want to s- try to stay out of its hand range.
1: <laughs> that, that makes sense. I'm
3: not not a fan of. Not a fan of these things.
1: Okay, you fly close, and it doesn't seem to have noticed you. It seems to be very... It's concentrating on being stealthy as it moves through the various boxes and stacks of crates and coils of rope lining the docks. It seems to try to move from shadow to shadow.
3: Okay, Uh, No disadvantage this time? No. That is a... 19 and a 23 to hit. Both
1: of those hit.
3: 14 plus uh, 2 lightning damage. Let's see again opens fire with uh, both both crossbows. Now where do you think you're going?
1: Um, Silway and Non give me a perception check. 16. <laughs> 22. Okay, both of you hear this outside. You hear Zeb taunting something outside.
0: Bolt for the outside.
1: Outside we go. Okay, both of you go running. Zeb, you're up in the air, about how far? About 30 feet away, or have you gotten closer? 30 feet. Maintaining
3: a healthy distance.
1: Okay, the thing looks up at you, looks to the warehouse, and sees Silway and Noni sprinting along the docks toward it. And it begins to sprint toward the other side of the dock, toward the other end, toward the harbor itself. I'm going to give you one more shot before he gets there. One more turn, one more attack. Okay. So, way in, Noni, Noni, it is about, I would say, about 100 feet away from you as the crow flies. Longer as it's, there's a, if you stick on the dock, but if you could somehow traverse the harbor and cut the corner of the water.
2: How big is the corner?
1: Well, it's like the length of the warehouse. And Um, then.
0: I may have one trick up my sleeve, but I don't think it works. Nope that's uh oh actually i can
1: make it i say the downside of not having mist in his staff
0: i'm gonna throw down a moonbeam in front of it okay uh so moonbeam has a range of 120 feet until the spell ends dim light fills the cylinder when a creature enters the spell area spells area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there it is engulfed in ghostly flames that cause searing pain and must make a con saving throw or take 2d radiant 2d 10 radiant damage
1: Okay, so you're going to put it on top of it?
0: Yep, I'm going to catch that thing in the moonbeam.
1: Okay, all right, so then I'm going to give uh, Silway, and then Zeb, you're going to get another shot at it.
2: Okay, so Silway's going to pull out a thing that she's never done before, which is the fly spell. So she is going to literally run towards this thing, and as soon as the, she hits the water's edge, just fly across, straight towards it.
1: Okay, so you cast Fly. So you can get within, you know, you can get within about, let's say, 40 feet of it. So now you're, are you flying, you're, so you're like flying in the air above the harbor? Not like
2: way up in the sky, but like hovering, essentially. No, I think you're like
1: hovering, yeah. All right, Zeb.
2: How
3: far away is this thing from me, Nick?
1: Uh It's still within range, I think, because it's right in front of you to your right. So all you have to do is turn to your right. And
3: it's it's running towards the end
1: of the dock, it's running towards the end of the dock. The land, sl- land side or the... No, uh, the water side.
3: The water side. Okay, I'm going to cast the spell that no good artificer would be without, which is called Grease. And I'm going to cast it, well, right, right under this creature.
1: So what am I trying to beat?
3: So 15 is the DC. <sighs>
1: 7 plus 3, that is a 10. So it hits your slick patch of dock, and it goes sprawling to the ground. And as it does so, the air above its head shimmers, and this beam of moonlight shines down upon the now-prone creature. Uh, What's my saving throw on that?
0: Uh, Constitution.
1: Okay, it made its saving throw. Okay,
0: so it's going to take half of 2d10. uh, Take six radiant damage.
1: So it is its turn. It is going to try to get up. It cannot get up as I rolled a three. So it is still prone. Yes. So that brings us back to, um, I think, yes. So, so um. but yes, it, it is now sprawled on the ground uh, beneath a moonbeam.
2: Um, does it look as menacing as ever?
1: Yes. It looks menacing, though it is writhing in pain beneath the moonbeam.
2: I'm going to assume I so can get to it within 60 feet of movement.
1: Yes. Yes, she can.
2: She'll she'll see it slipping comically on the on the grease and getting burned by moonfire, and she'll fly over to it.
1: Ah, pick the fight
2: you couldn't finish, did you? And then stab it.
1: I envision less comical and more horrifying, but okay.
2: <laughs> I assume anything involving grease is comical. I don't know, but she will stab it with the with the uh, the dagger. It's prone, so advantage, right?
1: Yes. 25 to hit That will hit
2: 20 damage to it And then if it's not dead from that I can try to offhand stab it
1: It is not dead from that
2: 27 to hit offhand
1: That will hit 9
2: 9 more damage to it
1: Still not dead but not looking great
2: So she's just s- floating above it Snap, snap, step, 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 step.
1: It turns over Okay, Nomi uh, Noni not know me from...
0: I don't know if I... I'd have to... I still have to cross the water to get to this thing, right?
1: Yes, you're still about a hundred feet away from it. Can I shout across...
0: No, a hundred... Shouting a hundred feet away.
2: Do we want it dead? I think so. Snap, 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 snap.
0: I guess I'll just kind of trun- try and trundle around the docks
1: toward it. Okay, so you're hoofing it around, clanging in your metal armor. This... Is why I do cardio. <laughs> Zebanon can open fire? Put well, this thing out of its misery?
3: or It looks like uh, Silway's got it handled.
2: Snap, 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 snap,
3: snap. He's, he's going to pause and take stock uh, from from his elevated position. Is, um, can he see where these other dock workers went? Or uh, is there anything else that seems out of the ordinary that hasn't already been established?
1: No, I mean, outside of the fact that um, you're beginning to draw some attention by the various people in town, sort of on the edges of the docks and the other warehouse workers who are seeing this transpire and are kind of gathering and pointing at what's going on as they see this. They can't really tell what it is. This figure sprawled on the dock, this devil-like creature floating in midair, and this other woman, also floating in midair, stabbing this thing while a beam of moon, a moonbeam roasts it, or cooks it, or fries it. So yeah, you're, you're beginning to draw some attention.
0: Silway is a master of subtle machinations on docks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I imagine she was flying horizontally across the, the water like Superman. And she just stopped, still horizontal, and just, like, stabbing downward at the <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: That's such a great image. So,
1: Zeb, you're just gonna, what are you gonna do?
3: Uh, I think Zeb's gonna tend to his wounds. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll cast Cure Wounds on myself. Okay. And that'll be my turn. And I, I think he'll he'll slowly uh, float down to the ground uh, next to this grease puddle where Silway is just going to town on this thing (laughs) just watching just uh watching watching the captain at work
1: the creature tries to get up once again only to slip and fall back to the dock Noni I'd like you to roll for damage on your moonbeam
0: uh 19 moonbeam damage
1: okay you kill it tell me what it looks like
0: I think it just sizzles a bit in this uh silvery light and then, uh, finally, just stops. Just maybe there's a faint smell of burning hair or something in the air. Little little bit
3: of grease. Mm-mm. Who's cooking? These people wandering Who's up cooking. to the docks without looking. Yeah. Oh. And then, and then the smell of mackerel and garlic hits them. <laughs> oh. They're like, nope. Go the other way.
1: All right, this thing writhes in pain, and then with a... Uh, Silway, you're the only one to hear it, because you're the only one close. Well, actually, Zeb landed close. You hear this kind of, like, raspy exhale, and then it moves no more. And it's just lying there, this charred husk on the end of the dock.
2: Silway stabs the husk two more times for good measure. Right. what the hell are these, are these things? Husk. But I was gonna ask. Are there still townsfolk
1: around? They're around, but they're watching from a distance. They're not close. Does anyone know what this thing is? As you yell to them, you see they quickly turn away and begin and return to their business. This place has changed
2: since I was here last. I say we haul it back into the warehouse. It's already greased up, it should slide easily. So we'll grab the husk and drag the greasy mass down the cobblestones (laughs)
3: yeah we're like you first (laughs) mackerel and garlic and sizzling grease
2: (laughs) yeah she'll she'll try to haul it back to the warehouse where the other one's hopefully still still dead
1: okay yeah you drag it back to the warehouse and you're right it does slide pretty easily along the dock since it is well lubricated um, the smell is... Actually, give me a constitution check. jeez. Oh, 16. The, the smell's not great, but you're able to stomach it. You've smelled worse. Yeah, I'm not sure what about what it is about you guys in this town and transporting corpses, but here we are.
2: <laughs> they just happen around us. <laughs> all right, since, since Zoe has 10 minutes of duration of the fly spell, she will use that time to fly around the warehouse and look for anything at all Like people or records or evil monsters or whatever might still be around. Uh,
1: You're flying around the warehouse and you don't really see any. There's no more people hiding anywhere, and uh, all the crates are unmarked except for a few in the back um, corner, which bear the same mark you saw on the exterior of the warehouse. there is the office that you can go into, but you'd have to stop flying to do that. Okay,
2: before I do that, do a quick reconnaissance around the exterior as well. Like, look for, are, are the dock workers really gone? Are, are Biggs and Wedge still on the ship? Just, like, anything that looks strange.
1: You zoom across the water, rise up over the ship. Biggs and Wedge stare at you with open mouths, and they don't even say anything. They just point as you fly by. She
2: gives them th- uh... a <laughs> She gives them finger guns and then
1: flies <laughs> away. Then you, you zoom across and up over the warehouse.
3: I don't really need you guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you look out over the town and as you are hovering there above the warehouse you don't see any of the dock workers that you saw only a few minutes ago but you are attracting attention. Good. (laughs) Hanging out there in the sky.
2: Good. Somebody come talk to us, explain what's going on.
1: And people are staring at you.
2: She'll fly a little higher and get a better view of the city and see if she can spot the Thieves' Guild or, yeah, basically the Thieves' Guild. She wants to see what the status of that place looks like.
1: Okay, you fly a little bit higher and you look out at the town in front of you and it seems mostly the same from what you remember it. Everything on... The cliff on the mainland is as you remember it. The thieves' guild looks much the same as it did, as does um, the other parts of town up there. Um, it doesn't even seem to have expanded much outwards from what you recall, but the the lower the the street hugging the cliffside is almost completely different. Uh, it seems like what burned was this street and it seems to have burned almost completely, the oldest part of town. From this height, you get a better view of what once was Griffin's Perch, and you see that indeed the exterior fence still surrounds what once was the grounds of Griffin's Perch, but it looks like the grand staircase, which was once the heart of Griffin's Perch, has been turned into a memorial of sorts. And that there is a waterfall falling into a pool. And that the grounds are now a park. And there is a statue of a griffin in the center of the park with a plaque in front of it.
2: Having made note of all that, she will descend and return to her companions
1: in the warehouse. So while she's doing that, Zeb and Noni, what were you two doing? Looting the bodies.
0: Well, yeah, definitely figuring out, trying to figure out what these things are slash were, and then, I guess, search the warehouse for any signs of, like, other people who might, like, who was the one who called us in?
1: Give me an uh, investigations check. Oh, investigation, yeah, I'm good at that. Uh, that's a two! Right. You don't find any other people in the in the warehouse, and you you're you're, you're kind of poking and prodding and, and examining this creature, and you have no idea what it is.
3: Can I take a tooth from it? Sure. Cool. <laughs> That's going
0: to come back to bite someone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so the tooth you pull, Zeb, is about two inches long and razor sharp.
3: Do they? And they don't have any other markings or anything like that?
1: No, just the... um. They don't even appear to be wearing clothing. It's just this sort of, like, tan, leathery skin yeah. covering their bodies. And... The one that Silway dragged back into the warehouse is sort of harder to identify and examine because it's been charred and um, lightly um, fried in some uh, nice cooking oil. But the the other one is, it almost looks, as you examine it, it looks like leathery skin that has been stretched to cover this frame. It's almost smooth in places rough in other places. In a way it has almost that sort of texture of severely burned skin. Uh is there anything in these crates in the warehouse? Are uh, you just going to start opening crates at random or uh
3: unless there's uh there's some kind of crate system?
1: <laughs> well there were two crates that have the same marking as the the warehouse. Yeah, let's start there. Okay, you open the crates and you're stunned to see that they that each crate is filled with flintlocks.
3: Oh boy! Okay.
0: <laughs> guns are totally cannon.
3: Gun guns have been cannon for a little while, but so so I want to say Zeb knows what these are, but I'm I'm Captain willing Finnegan to defer a to you lock. on that.
2: As, as an artificer, I feel like. If I see. I it think know, as an
1: artificer, he does. As an yeah, artificer, he, he does. He, he
3: would have come are. across one at the very least. And yeah, and like. I think Ooh. Silway
1: knows what they are. I don't think Noni has any idea what it is.
2: Um, whenever Silway descends, she would check out the office.
1: Okay. Silway descends, and you see Noni is kind of unhurt, crouched down, looking at the body. And Zeb is over in the corner, examining the crates. And you go to the office, the door to which is shut, the shade is pulled, and you cannot see inside of it
2: detect magic. Is there anything glowing
1: inside? There's nothing glowing inside the office. Then open the door. You open the door, and you find a very nice, very well-appointed, very orderly harbormasters or or dockmasters or, you know, your warehouse chief's office. There are filing cabinets, there are ledgers, uh, there's a chair set before a desk. On top of the desk is a, a nice desk pad. And beneath the desk, kind of shoved to the back, curled up in a very tight, almost fetal position, is a skeleton.
2: Uh, a fresh skeleton?
1: No, there's no flesh on it. There's no, I mean, in, Unless you want to go all CSI, there's no real way of knowing or carbon dating, but it seems too recent for that.
2: Is it wearing clothes?
1: Uh, No, it is not wearing clothes, nor does it have any flesh hanging off it. It seems to be.
2: Somebody will quickly rifle through the papers on the desk or whatever she can see quickly just to look for Isilioth symbols or crests or anything or names that she recognizes. Anything at all to indicate this might still be uh, a warehouse that's familiar to her.
1: You rifle through the desk, but... You don't see anything that references Isilioth. It seems that somebody has taken over operations of the warehouse.
2: Is there any letterhead with names of companies or people?
1: You see several documents that have the symbol that you saw on the exterior of the building, but you don't see a name anywhere.
2: Uh, then Zoe will reach onto the desk, grab that skeleton, and like pull it out front of the desk and out of the office... And drag it back over to the uh, collection of corpses that we seem to be accumulating.
1: (laughs) It's like a medical skeleton. (laughs) No, give me an investigations check. Okay. Five is 13. You pull the skeleton out, and you didn't really notice it at first, but as you kind of unfurl it and drag it along and out from underneath the desk, you notice that the skeleton is not human. It is in fact feline.
2: Interesting.
1: And in fact, Tabashi. Uh, okay.
2: <laughs> then she will No, That's that's. The... I was just say she could grab it by the tail and drag it, but no, that's just. <laughs> me. Uh, she'll still just grab it like normal and drag it out.
3: <laughs> the, you know, um, the normal way. <laughs> drag it like one would normally <laughs> drag out a body, not the we not the weird way that one would drag a body.
0: <laughs> I mean, let's be real. At this point in the campaign. Silway has dragged a lot of bodies. <laughs> yeah. There's probably a normal way that she likes to drag bodies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Underarm.
2: Fireman's carry the skeleton. Yeah,
1: but... uh, so it carries it out like the bodyguard.
2: Uh, but she'll, she'll dump it next to the other two bodies and announce to her companions, I found another one.
1: Captain, uh,
3: what sort of trading company are you running here?
2: This is not my trading company. This used to be my family's warehouse. Not anymore, clearly.
3: Have you ever seen one of these before? He holds up. Huh, Flintlock.
2: Ah, uh, once, yes, an old ship's captain that I knew back in my younger days.
3: <laughs> my my younger days. Back three <laughs> months, months ago. Three months ago. Ah, <laughs> uh, to be young.
1: I think it's been about 3 months because it took the voyage took a while you spent some time on the island after Starge. It's been about 3 months I think since you arrived at the island.
3: Did he have uh, a whole crate of them?
2: No, just the one. It was something we'd never seen before. Very rare artifact. He's had
3: gestures.
2: Whoa. To the crate. What is Oh, these will be worth something. Are these the only crates with that symbol on them?
3: Well, I haven't done a thorough search, I would say. My question is if uh this isn't your trading company, then uh, where are they coming from and where are they going to?
2: That is an excellent question that I intend to ask my friend here in town. Maybe she will know the answers. How
3: about that? Who, who is this friend that you keep talking about?
2: Oh, her name is Selene. She runs the Thieves
3: Guild. Right. Uh, and you and Selena are on good terms, yes?
2: Yes. I'm going to say yes.
3: Very convincing. Good, good. <laughs> so she wouldn't have any reason to send these f-
2: this does not feel like her kind of work okay
3: well again ve- very very uh convincing well I guess uh, I guess there's nothing for it but to go go talk to this person you know
2: go talk to her we also need to find a witch and get Trevor healed and right. I say we send Biggs and Wedge in here to haul these crates of flintlocks onto the ship because they're quite valuable And then we go figure out our next steps. Um, She will also open up a few random crates just to see what else is in the non-marked boxes.
1: In the non-marked boxes, you find um, a lot of um, carpets and tapestries. They look like um, they were probably... I would say seashin in in origin As if they came maybe from the corridor.
2: Ugh, tapestries. Whatever.
1: (laughs) I also just love... Love that
3: Siloe's attitude to things is like, I once lived in this house, therefore I can go into this house and the furniture is mine.
2: That's the entitled rich girl attitude.
3: I guess we're arms dealers now. So how she gets
0: around with, uh, how she gets around the whole, I'm not, I'm not a... it's not a thief. It's if not a thief. Everything belongs to you.
3: <laughs> I used to live in all of these places. <laughs> Nightfall. That is a town I used to live in. <laughs> what are you doing here in this place I used to live in?
2: If you try to kill me and I kill you in response, then your stuff is mine. That's not stealing.
3: Uh, are we expecting any other uh, unexpected trouble?
2: That sounds like a literal impossibility. Expecting unexpected trouble i have no idea what's going on there i expected to dock here at an abandoned warehouse and then go talk to Celine. i did not expect uh belligerent dock workers who have disappeared or to be attacked by monsters
3: all right well i'm gonna uh, okay i'll i'll just be a moment i need to go back on the ship and and, and pick some why
2: are you there tell biggs and wedge to come out here with some <laughs> <laughs> something to haul these crates on board
3: I will do that. So,
1: Noni, are you doing anything while this is going on? I think she's feeling
0: very quickly out of her depth. Strange artifact that we're just taking. Three bodies that... (laughs) Which one of them spoke to us and invited us in to try and ambush us? Where did the guys who were waiting outside go... What the hell is going on I, I <laughs> the wish, general vibe?
3: I wish my friend were here and not seasick on the ship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can cast Speak With Dead tomorrow.
2: Should we bring the skeleton with us, just in case we want to question it? I
0: suppose of these three, this one seems to... This is a strange thought. This one seems to be the one most likely to tell
2: us something. Right. We'll have Biggs and Wedge to haul this one on the skeleton on board, this too. This is a very, very strange day.
1: I just want to see once the party's reunited and Mist walks on board. <laughs> what the absolute fuck is that? It's okay.
2: It's a tabaxi. This is Chaz. <laughs>
0: Honestly, a part of like, is But...
2: We'll find out tomorrow when you can cast your spell. Yeah. I don't think there's much else to do besides... Yeah, like... Take the loot and go find Selene and find out what's going on in Nightfall. And then make their way to this witch. These
0: things don't necessarily belong to you.
2: Who do they belong to? Those monsters that we killed?
0: Or whoever was employing them? Or hired them to store it? I'm just
2: saying... I mean,
0: if these things are dangerous, then by all means, we should def- we should take them take them back to Roth. I'm sure I'm sure some of the sisters would love to have a chance to study them and prepare for whatever they might, however they might change things here on.
2: Why don't we go talk to my friend and find out who, what this symbol means? Who well, owns this warehouse now? And then we'll decide what to do with the loot. Fine by me. Okay.
1: So, bigs and whites appear. And they both recoil in horror as they see as they see the pile of corpses at your feet. But like good crew, they muster the courage and load the two crates onto a dolly that they've brought with them, and they lay the skeleton on top of it, and transport all of that back to the ship.
2: Um then off to the Thieves Guild, I think, just to look for Celine and see if we can get answers.
3: Zeb comes back in. I think I'm ready now.
2: What did you do exactly?
3: I just picked up something. He sort of gestures at his back. He has got a little um satchel slung between his between his wings.
2: Should I know what these things are?
3: And um strapped to the bottom is uh the cask from 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 an episode ago.
2: <laughs> Alright.
3: Um it, written on the side is uh two words cask it and then an exclamation mark, and then a two. <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, did you figure out where these are being shipped to or from?
2: Not yet. The office had a lot of paperwork that I don't feel like sifting through right now. I'm going to go find my friend and find out what's going on here. We can't get too lost in this side quest, though. We have Trevor to to, to worry about.
3: Right, well, we'll lead the way to your friend.
2: All right, very well. To the Thieves' Guild. And off we go.
1: You push your way out of the front door of the warehouse onto the lower street of the harbor district. It is exactly as you remember it. Dock workers are going about their business, transporting goods, people hawking things in the street. Music spills out of the taverns of the lower harbor. You make your way across the square, the harbor square. You're not accosted or looked at strangely by anyone lest we forget nightfall's cosmopolitan so even a tiefling doesn't stick out amongst the desians of nightfall you make your way from the harbor up the street which hugs the cliffside and you find yourself so walking on strange ground where it at once feels so familiar but looks so incredibly different from everything you remember only two buildings remain the same On the left, about halfway up the road, Armand's stands untouched.
2: Silly suddenly remembers her promise and, like, pulls up her hood and keeps walking.
1: (laughs) And then a little further up, on the right side of the road, Mugby's also stands untouched.
2: Who's up for a 30-minute shopping excursion? Anybody? Anybody?
3: I could use some
1: healing potions. (laughs) Let's
2: make Diana pull out an old voice.
1: Yes, because Mugby be always was such, such good deals. I want you to give me all of
3: your healing potions. And when I say all your healing potions, I'm not just talking a lot of healing potions. <laughs> I want all of the healing
1: potions you have. So you make your way past Armand's, make your way past Mugby's, and you find yourself at the elbow of the road where it bends and continues its way up the cliffside. The courtyard before Griffith's Perch. And you see the wrought iron gates standing before you. And in the fence next to the gate is a smaller person-sized door, which is open. And beyond it, you see a well-manicured park. You see the staircase waterfall. Before it, and before the pool the water is tumbling into, you see the statue of a Griffin, And you see a plaque, which looks like a memorial plaque, in front of it. You continue your way up the road, past the new townhouses, which fight for space on this narrow piece of land clinging to the side of the cliff, up to the town proper. It takes no time, Silway, so for you to lead them through the winding streets of the upper town and to the lone building, standing in apart from all else, in a square of its own, the Thieves' Guild.
2: Are there... Thieves around
1: as usual, there is nobody in the outside. as you recall, there are no windows at ground height. Um, the only windows are well off the ground. The walls are smooth. Only a large iron door greets you as the entrance to the thieves guild. Of course you also know that there is walls surrounding the thieves guild. you know there are ivy covering those walls. you know there's a secret passage through one of those walls into a courtyard.
2: She'll start with walking up to the front gate and seeing if she can just waltz inside.
1: You go to open the front gate. It does not open. It is locked. As you also know, this gate, this door cannot be opened from the outside.
2: And there's no one nearby. There's no doorbell to ring.
1: Well, there's a knocker, I believe. It's been a while. Yeah, she'll knock. Dong, dong. I didn't listen to the full episode. She'll
2: do the normal way you try to approach a building and, and try to get let inside.
1: You knock on the door. And then from inside, you hear a very small, very timid voice say, Um, yes. Hello. Can you open the door, please? Um, no, I can't. I, um, I'm not supposed to.
2: By whose orders?
1: The, the guild masters. It's, it's not. Um, I'm, I'm just supposed to. Who's, who's, who's asking? Tell the guild leader
2: that Silvia Silviat is here. Or maybe use the name Mara. <laughs>
1: I was wondering if you remembered that (laughs) she doesn't know who Silway Asiliath is, but...
2: Sleet's got her methods. She probably knows everything like Soldal does.
1: Oh, okay. Um, just, just wait there. I'll I'll be right back. This'll
2: be fine. She knows me. She'll let us in. It
3: would be really embarrassing for everybody involved if you gave the name Silway Asiliath and (laughs) she didn't
1: recognize it. And a few minutes pass, and then suddenly you hear a series of clicks... And thunks as the complicated lock of the thieves Guild door opens. And then the door opens before you.
2: And into the guild we
1: go. You enter the guild. You climb the three flights of stairs. You don't encounter anybody on the way. And you find yourselves at a long corridor facing a lone door at the end. Silway, you know this door all too well.
2: So will walk up and knock.
1: You knock in the door and it opens on its own accord. And there, seated behind a desk, in all her ravishing glory, is Celine. Celine, good to see you again. Well, look what the cat dragged in. Technically, I left the cat back in Tearfall, but yes.
3: Well, there was that other cat you were dragging around. Right, the cat skeleton. Earlier today,
1: yeah. And you brought some new friends. Look, a silver sister. My, you're moving up in the world, Mara.
2: I like to think so, too. Yes, this is Nomadi Cloudcrest and this is Zebedine,
1: no last name. Kincaid. Kincaid. Kincaid is his last name. Zebedine Kincaid.
3: Have you heard of me?
1: I think you've done some business for us in the past.
3: Well, uh, I suppose that would be true, wouldn't
1: it? But please, where are my manners? Why don't you come in? Have a seat. Gladly. Come on in.
2: She beckons the companions in and are there plenty of seats for everybody?
1: Yes, there are three seats placed before her desk as if she was expecting you
2: and so we will sit in the middle one. So how are things in the in the thieves Guild I hear you uh moved up in the world yourself
1: Oh this little thing and she's just twirling the guildmaster's ring around her finger yes it 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 does look nice on my hand, doesn't it? It suits you. It does. But I don't think that's what you were talking about.
2: I've heard rumors that the Thieves' Guild has, uh, grown more powerful since I left.
1: It has.
2: Always good to hear.
1: I also hear rumors that... perhaps... you were the one to thank for it. Or... more, um... more directly, your... former companion... Is he dead? Did you kill him? No, not yet. Oh, no. Well... Anyway, yes, we are... We are thriving here.
2: Good. Are you in uh, control of the docks by any chance?
1: I am in control of most everything, but...
2: Then you could... perhaps you could explain the welcome that we got this morning.
1: Oh, the welcome. You went to your old docks, didn't you? Of course we did. Of course you did. Mara, Mara, Mara. Or should I call you by your proper name?
2: That's what I go by most of the time now. Really? Really.
1: Well, Miss Isilioth, your warehouse was purchased at auction by a, another shipping concern, and um yes i I don't know what more to say. This other
2: shipping concern that you mentioned uh is it perhaps run by tall, scary flesh monsters because that's who greeted us this morning.
1: Yes, well, they call themselves. Golden Retribution. It's such a dramatic name, but I guess they have some cause since they sort of appeared after the fire, which knocked out most of this town, at least the old part, and the moneyed part and the powerful part, and I'm not complaining about that, but they are... Complaining? Yes, they seem to be on some sort of... Mission of vengeance. I believe they put out a bounty on the one they felt responsible for the fire, and.
2: Okay, okay.
1: I think that they would very much like to get their hands on him. And probably any accomplices that um, were with him. It's too bad there were no witnesses to that crime.
3: <laughs> Zebedee looks at Silway very pointedly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She just looks right back. (laughs) No, there were no survivors, and that is sad. And I have given absolutely no thought to that and their well-being and their welfare because, frankly, they were such odious people. But actions have consequences, and consequences have a habit of turning up at the most inopportune times.
2: I'm still stuck on a part where they had large, scary, clawed f- monsters in their warehouse.
1: Yes, they, they, they call themselves the Driven. Those flesh creatures. I, I've heard rumors of them. I believe some of our members have scrapped with them before, but I personally have not had any dealings with them. They mostly have left us alone. They still pay their tithe to us, so we don't pay them any mind. They're really, like, nobody, like, just like anybody else in the city.
2: Interesting. Well, two of them are gone. We've, re- we've dispatched them, my companions and I. But that's not the main reason we're here. I, I am here on other business. Uh,
1: when, when last we met, I believe we were even... I thought we'd left things as... We did. We were even. You've come to ask for a favor.
2: Not a favor. A business
1: arrangement. Business arrangement. With you and the Silver Sisters. I mean, I do business with the sisters from time to time. I have my own arrangement, but I am surprised to see one in your toe. They usually don't like to... Get too close to thieves. That's fine, because I'm not a thief. <laughs> Still deluding ourselves, are we?
3: So I'm just going to look over it now. How is uh, Miss Cloudcrest doing? Uh, processing is probably
0: a good word. I don't think she likes Celine very much, um, but she's also recognizing this is Silway's dance, and she's not going to cut in.
2: Do you have uh, similar arrangements in Tearfall? As you do with the Silver Sisters?
1: Similar arrangements with who in Tearfall?
2: Anybody. Because I happen to have a newly acquired warehouse, which comes with a dock and a business, business operations.
1: I thought we could help each other out. So you want me to use my influence in the city to get you your warehouse back? Well, I have my warehouse
2: in Tearfall. If I could get the one in Nightfall back, that would also be a bonus.
1: I could do this. The mayor happens to be a close personal puppet of mine. Excellent. (laughs) But I think I should like something from you. All right. Name it. Hmm. How about this? You owe me a favor.
2: That seems fair. A favor to be defined and collected in the future?
1: Yes, exactly.
2: Then that sounds like a fair deal. I get my warehouse back here. You send business towards my warehouse in Tirfal and I owe you one
0: no Moni is gonna lean into Silway and whisper try to whisper in her ear
2: I thought this was about Trevor we're we're getting there I had a a business discussion I wanted to to have first but I do have other other requests do you remember Trevor the little squeaky voiced kid
1: I do I believe he was quite smitten with you and you quite protective of him these are both still true, I think I think you took him with him with you last time you were here. I did. And then he
2: left, and then I went to find him again, and he is now unconscious on my ship. <laughs> did you use a poison? It wasn't. Some some sort sort of I didn't make him unconscious. I found him that way.
1: Yes, I have heard that one before. It's true this time. And what would you like of me?
2: I'm looking for a witch. Who lives, lives Do you have any information about Where I might find somebody who could uh, Open up a portal to the Shadow Realm Shadow Realm that's, I've, that's a children's story It is But it's also true I've been there twice now
1: Have you Well look at how grown up you are Mara
2: Silway so sits a little bit taller
1: So you're searching for a witch To get to the Shadow Realm To find your love it's like something out of a storybook. I don't know what the love part, it's... I want to help him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these are your companions, the loyal, brave knight, and the jaded scoundrel. How much like a storybook.
2: <sighs> but a
1: witch. A witch, a witch, a witch.
2: If you can't help me, I do know other witches on the Shrouded Isle, or I believe it's called the Isle now. But that's a, that's a long ways away, and I'd rather find one locally. I've heard there was one near nightfall.
1: There is one near nightfall. Or so I've heard tale told of an old woman who lives in a swamp beyond a ruined castle. Again, storybook stuff, Mara. You're chasing fantasies. Stay here. Make money. Live your life. Why would you go traipsing off in the wilderness over some... Foolish quest When there's so much and she reaches down and pulls out a black velvet purse and turns it over in her hand, her gloved hand, and pours out a bunch of jewels and gems and diamonds and begins to just kind of move them around with her two fingers. When there's so much good you could do here
2: good that I could do here? I agree on the money part. I can make money here. I don't know about good. What else is there? There's honor. There's family.
1: The family that abandoned you, that threw you out, that tossed you to me.
2: Ah, uh, yes, that family.
1: It doesn't sound very honorable to me.
2: I guess that's the problem. The family needs the honor restored. Why bother? Oh, you always ask the hard questions, Celine.
1: Let them rot. Make a new life for you. Go hunting with him. Settle down and raise a family with her. Whatever your passion is, follow it. But leave the past in the past.
2: (sighs) I want to help Trevor, at the very least. When that's done, I will consider what you've said. But
1: I owe Trevor... I want to help him. (sighs) You've always been a romantic, Mara. That's always been your weakness. She
2: bristles at (laughs) having a weakness.
1: But if you wish to follow your heart, as it clearly seems to be the case, then follow the road south, across the river, along the foothills, to the rocky shores. You will find a ruined tower. South of that, you will enter the woods. The woods will become swamp, and you will find your witch.
2: thank you. I can always count on you for information. And when I return... The warehouse will be returned, and...
1: The warehouse will remain as you left it. I will see to that.
2: Very well. She looks at her companions. Shall we go find a witch?
3: Storybook, you say?
1: I think that's the way it seems to me.
3: But your information... You have reason to believe it, let's say.
1: I believe that... Many things I thought impossible have come to pass in the last year. I believe that which I once took to be fantasy is now my everyday waking life. Who am I to say anything about what is true and what is not? What is fantasy? What is reality? That's deep. But if you too would like a more grounded life, we do have quite a few contracts that we could use help on.
3: Direct contracts, not uh, the intermediary business you were clearly engaging in before.
1: No, well, we have a few direct contracts. It's... There are a few particularly troublesome thorns in our side, in our paw, if you will, that need to be plucked out, but... And a few who owe us money, who have absconded. So if good, honest work is what you want, we can provide.
3: How lucrative are we talking?
1: Well, we have a range, thousands. We have one bounty that is ten thousand credits.
2: Silly, staring directly at Zemadine. Just...
1: Or I should say, ten thousand gold pieces. I, why I stopped in the Star Wars. <laughs> I, was I was, I was like talking about bounty
3: hunters, and I'm maybe like, maybe there's something <laughs> I don't grasp. I didn't want to ask because I was like, wait, did they use credits in Nightfall? <laughs>
1: uh, no, on. they decidedly did not. But I got suddenly found myself in the Mandalorian, and I was like,
3: uh, Zebedine takes a long moment to look at Celine.
1: Perhaps when I return,
3: I will consider it.
1: You know where to find me.
3: Uh, he he nods. He gives a small nod.
1: And how about you, little sister? Is there anything that Celine may do for you? Or are you too a romantic, lost in notions of good and evil and fantasies about morality and the greater good and triumphing over evil?
0: She she makes a show of rolling her eyes and turns to Selway.
2: Are we done here? I have the information I need. I have the promises that I sought
0: Good, and she rises and starts walking towards Showing herself out
1: How young, how certain I do admire that spirit I only wish I could see And be there When it all comes crashing down
2: So Wade stands up from the chair And kind of leans forward to Selene and says Good luck corrupting the next silver sister
1: (laughs) She just laughs Oh, I have missed you, Mara I have missed you. Uh,
0: well, that's about enough for now. Suppose we should leave some yarn to spin for next time. If you're liking the tale so far, wouldn't say no to a bit of kindness. You can leave us a note on your podcast app or drop us a line at theater at gmail.com. And if the mood strikes you, you can leave us a little something at patreon.com slash multiclasstheater. A little coin goes a long way, and we'd sure be appreciative. But not to worry. We'll keep telling the story till it's done.
1: See you on down the road.